You're listening to Outnumbered the Podcast, episode 142, Playing with Toys. Today we'll go behind the scenes in the lifestyle of a big family and just how we play with toys at our house. You may be surprised to learn some of the unconventional ways that toys play a part in our kids' lives and some of our favorite toys for the littlest ones. Hello and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hey everybody, welcome back to Outnumbered. Today's episode is going to be really fun. We are talking about all things play and toys as I clean a cobweb off my microphone you guys seriously (laughs) we have so many spiders around here and I use this microphone every week uh anyway back to topic first we want to start off um by just saying that childhood is supposed to be fun right we're doing a little bit of research for this episode and I found out that in 2019 in fact it may have even been higher in 2020 because everyone was staying home but in 2019 the global toy market was close to 90 billion dollars does that blow your mind Oh my goodness. That's a lot of money spent on toys, which, you know, there's pros and cons of that, I guess. But the whole world loves toys. Everybody loves to play and have a good time. So we're going to talk about um, all things toy today. Uh, But first, we just wanted to talk quickly about uh, some random things our kids have used as toys. Because as you're going to see in this episode, a toy is not necessarily something that's been manufactured and purchased at the store, right? So Audrey, go ahead. You got something random to share? Oh, yes. I think um, this was one of my first two kids. So they got this for their birthday. Um, someone sent him a big box and it was, I, I don't remember what was in the box. It was something kind of cool. And, um, so they opened the box that, you know, they're about two years old. They open the box and they're playing with it. They're, uh, they're, so we take it out and we show them, Oh, look at this and look at this. And my husband and I kind of get into playing with this toy a little bit, or maybe it needed some assembly or something. And we turn around and look at our kid and, they're in the box playing and they're having the best time of their life. And we're like, um, no, look, the toy's over here. And they're like, nah, no thanks. I've got a box. (laughs) Always with the boxes. Boxes are so fun. In fact, if you, I feel like if anybody ever gets a large piece of furniture or an appliance with a box, just call up your closest friend with little kids and say, I am going to give you the best present you've ever had. I'm going to drop off a giant box on your front step, put it in your backyard and let your kids go crazy because they are so fun. Kids love them. In fact, on Amazon, you can even find like little box playhouses um, and like fire trucks and things. They're just plain car- corrugated cardboard with like a drawing of a playhouse or a fire truck on it. And they're like, I don't know, 20 bucks or something. Well okay. worth it. Go check them out. You know what we did one year um, when we were studying medieval history? We went around to all the now, – now, you can't do this anymore, but this is like ancient history I'm telling you about. <laughs> Maybe some places you can still do this. So we went around to all the appliance places, and we got big – we got a huge refrigerator box, and we got um, washer and dryer boxes and stove oven boxes. We got about eight or ten enormous boxes. And – um we followed this tutorial online and we painted these boxes. We just got random cheap paint in gray 
and black and white. And we painted them to look like they were medieval stones. And we got these little, I'll, I'll link them in the show notes. I'm going to have to look this stuff up. I, I wrote it down somewhere. But we got these little plastic clips that hold cardboard boxes together just for this purpose. And we built this medieval castle out of cardboard, these enormous cardboard boxes. It was the best thing ever. In fact, I might throw up on Patreon for our um, our supporters the pictures because I still have pictures of this enormous castle that we built and um, link those those fun clips that clipped together. It was like it was like best mom of the year award. My oh, kids that had amazing. The time of their life. The reason I say you can't do it anymore is I think what they do the standard procedure now is to put the appliance on a pallet and shrink wrap it, and so no box needed. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So fun. My kids would go crazy. Every now and again, I'll let them play with giant boxes that we get from one thing or another. And it's a huge mess because it's usually in the summer and they have to do it inside. But if you can do it during pleasant weather, it's so fun. Keep them busy forever. I have to say that one of the most random things my kids love to play with, um, and this is something you could give someone for a gift. And as soon as they figured out how to use it, they, you would be the best gift giver ever. And they are those um, spring-loaded clamps you can get at, like, Home Depot. Um, I think they're designed for, like, gluing wood together, or I use them on my paper backdrops, my photography backdrops, to keep the the roll of paper from rolling. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. Big, big spring-loaded clamps. So you buy, like, five or six of those, and they are the best for making forts. So, like, blanket forts. You put them over, um, like, a bar stool or a chair, and you clamp the blanket to the chair or any piece of furniture, and then they don't slide off. So they don't have to use like giant stacks of books. My kids, when I figured out that you could use them for that, we bought a whole bunch of them and my kids just went crazy and were like fort making ninjas for so long. So, so many random things can be used for toys. I love it. Love the creativity. Yeah. Yeah. All they, all the kids need is just something, a couple random things and they'll be playing with it before you know it. <laughs> yep. So at our house, we lean toward the old fashioned approach of not buying our kids toys and we really just let them entertain themselves they have a few things they have enough things but I have to tell this little story um I have a friend who was moving and offered sent me some pictures and offered me um the toys that they weren't able to move they just didn't have whatever so I sent him a text back and I said you know what I know my kids would love and enjoy these toys but we just don't have space for any more toys. Space mm. in our house is a premium. And so I missed out on a huge opportunity to get a bunch of free toys for my kids. They don't even know it. And they're just delighted. <laughs> it's true. It's true. What they don't know won't hurt them, right? Um, I honestly, personally, can be a huge sucker for wanting to just surprise and delight my children with the latest toys, the latest gadgets. I, I think one of my big uh, love languages is gifts. So I love, love, love buying toys. But what I have noticed over the last 16 years of parenting is that all too often those toys just really, really quickly lose their novelty. There are very few things um, that stay just as delightful as the first day you buy them, right? Yeah, my husband my husband does the same thing. If he takes a kid to the grocery store with him, they almost always come back with some cheap little thing that I know is going to break. But I kind of see it as, like I kind of see it as his way of loving up on them and I'm just like, okay, whatever. It's not right. about the toy, it's about you being able to love them. 
Right. And that's something that I've had to come to terms with too when family members buy things. I have a couple of family members that just love to buy my things, my kids' things. And I think, okay, that's about them. And we're going to enjoy them and love on them as much as we can. And when the time comes, we're going to pass them on and take them to somebody else who can enjoy them. Um, But space has also been an issue for us. And at first I was sad about that. I kind of wanted a big giant playroom for my kids. And then I thought, well, number one, we're avoiding lots of messes that we're going to have to clean up. And number two, my kids don't seem to miss it. They're not walking around going, there's nothing to play with, mom. They figure it out. And so I think they use their imagination quite a bit. (laughs) Uh, Yes, they certainly do. So today we're going to talk about, number one, what kids need to get the most out of their playtime. Yes. And then number two, we're going to talk about a variety of ways they can reach these same play goals with and without toys. And you guys know us. We're not going to leave you hanging. We're going to share our favorite toys, games, and other resources to maximum to maximize playtime without breaking the bank. Totally. Totally. Okay. So first of all, let's talk about what kids need for play. Okay. So um, like I mentioned earlier, these store-bought manufactured toys, the things that we think of as a toy nowadays, are actually a relatively new invention in the history of the world, right? Think like corn husk dolls and sticks and homemade slingshots, old tires, homemade balls, all these things that kids and parents have been, well, probably parents have not been involved in creation of toys as much as they are now, but hundreds and thousands of years ago, this is what kids did for fun. They just figured things out. They didn't go nag their parent to go to uh, Target and go find them the latest toy. It just didn't exist. Okay, so the purpose of play is for kids to learn how to interact with the world around them which you can see them doing all the time. They don't need anything in their hand to be interacting with the world around them. How to work in groups and then how to advocate for themselves and how to resolve conflicts and working through all these adult issues that they're going to run into in the little world of play. It's kind of almost like our episode on imaginary friends, how some kids use imaginary friends to do some of this real life stuff that they'll be doing later in life. Yes. And for us as adults, it's really hard for us to remember how vital play is for children. They can also develop confidence, resiliency, decision-making skills. They learn self-control. They learn appropriate risk-taking, which is super vital so that they don't take inappropriate risks later on, like as teens and young adults where, you know, real important things are at play. Um, And they can practice practice mindfulness and, and where they are in time and space. In fact, I came across this quote as we were setting this, setting for this episode, and it's this, play is the real work of childhood. Isn't that epic? I love that when I'm tempted to tell my kids to stop playing. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's their such work. a good quote. Oh, that's such a good quote. Yeah, they are doing their work when they're playing, aren't they? Yeah, love that. All right. So moving on to number two, how can they reach these goals with and without toys? These, these good things, attain these good things that we were just talking about. So number one, it needs to be child-driven. <laughs> we, I don't know. I think the fastest way for me, I've noticed with my kids, to squash the fun they're having is to jump in and offer suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> or say, no, let's do it this way or whatever. I mean, like, it's okay for us to offer suggestions if they're bored, kind of to get them started. But it's usually best to allow their boredom to be the springboard for the really cool play game that they're going to be coming up next. And it just kind of naturally evolves into new ideas when they're bored. When my kids say to me, I'm bored, I almost say, oh, good. I can't wait to see what you're going to come up with next. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Put it back on them. I love that. 
Okay, so as hard as this can be, I do try to let my kids use household items as toys for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, it just seems like the new fancy toys will never entertain them as much as building a fort. That's a, what they've been doing for the last two days. And my schoolroom is a mess, um, but they love it. And it entertains them for literally hours, right? Um, and then number two, it's always available. The household stuff is always available, whereas actual toys can break, they can be fought over, but there is always a roll of tape somewhere for my kids to make some sort of creation, right? Um, there are always There's always a kitchen table available to... Um, play underneath and build a fort out of. There's always a chair to stack to make to into a throne for the king um, who's bossing his servants around, whatever. They're just always available and it's a lot easier to um, to keep on hand without cluttering your house. Oh yeah, I totally agree. The, the kids are so creative at coming up with stuff um, to make stuff. And forts is a great example. There's inevitably a fort somewhere in my house, always, like at all times. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but one thing I love is um, kids using, well, they're doing the mimicking of the household tasks. So, and when we're learning or working and they're alongside of us, they're just playing. So for example, when I'm sewing, my littlest kids love to come beside me, dig scrap fabric out of the trash next to me and pretend they're sewing by running it through. If I'm using the sewing machine, they'll use the serger. If I'm using the serger, they'll use the sewing machine. And they actually get in there and make their own little noises. You know, like they're really doing it. And, they, and they're like, look, mom, I just made my doll a new dress. Isn't this pretty? And it's just this junk piece of scrap fabric that's even worse because they cut holes in it or whatever. But they're just they're just playing and so happy. If I'm cooking, they're right alongside me. My, my little... One, my two-year-old, he runs and gets the drawer that has kind of all the utensils in it. He can reach it. And he's always got a funnel in one hand and a whisk in the other hand. And he's trying to do, or if my husband is working, oh my goodness, he, patient man that he is, he always has like two or three kids underfoot because, you know, if he's got a hammer, they're looking for a nail or they're looking for a hammer so they can do, like we were measuring something the other day and my husband, he had his tape measure, he pulled out of his pocket and he's measuring something and he turns around and looks over his shoulder. There's the two-year-old. He's found a tape measure. He's measuring the other side of the doorway. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> yeah. And what happens, think about it. What happens um, like in within the first week of summer vacation? What do your kids play? They play school. School. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It's like you guys just spent, the, you know, hat, three quarters of your entire year doing school. And the first week that you have free, we think, oh, freedom, no school. They're like, hey, let's play school. <laughs> yes, it's so cute. And it also makes me feel okay about my own school. I'm like, I haven't ruined them so much that they hate school and they don't want to play yeah. it for fun. They still do that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, the other day, a bunch of my boys were out in the garage working on something, and I walked by to see Dean, the two-year-old, with this teeny tiny hammer that Luke had found for him, and he was banging away at a piece of plywood, just banging like crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, what a cute kid. He just wants to be like the big boys, working on something important. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, okay, so when, when we're talking about uh, playing with toys, however, shift to that a little bit, um, we do try to stock our house with um, those that encourage free play, right? So basically my mantra is if it if a thing requires an instruction manual, it's probably not open-ended enough, right? <laughs> Except for like board games or card games. If the toy requires like all the batteries and all the, you know, it's a very, very specific type of 
of toy for a very specific type of play, it's probably not worth the space it's going to take up in my house and it'll probably break. <laughs> so instead we choose those things that just, you know, have unlimited creativity. All right. Now we're going to move on to some examples. And, of course, you know, we're going to be linking them in the show notes of our favorite toys. So we're going to go through a couple different um, categories here of toys. First of all, creative toys, since that seems to be our baseline for what we get our kids for toys. So I have incorporated into my kids' school the youngest kids. And this is um, along with our super smart curriculum that we have given to our Patreon followers um, I have incorporated in a, a set of blocks. So I have about six different set of blocks. Think Legos, Lincoln Logs, Tinker Toys, those pipe toys, the magnet blocks, um, train tracks that they just kind of um, cycle through. So they only see this and we keep them in clear plastic totes. So they get a tote of blocks for that week and they then they don't see those again for about six weeks. So it's always like they're new and they get a new set of blocks the next week. And we cycle through these. And um, this is for several reasons. One is because it keeps the little kids um, busy, gives them something to do while I'm working with some of the older kids. Another reason is the older kids are in there playing with the blocks right alongside the little ones. And they get so creative. Like, I don't even know what you're supposed to do with some of these blocks, but my kids come up with things to build. They build cars or they build animals or they build train tracks or they build, you know, Ferris wheels or you name it. They, they just decide they're going to create a little town or something. And, and so the blocks just are like the foundation for so many directions that they go creatively with their toys. So we really like blocks around here. Like if, if I, um, Emma have a weakness for one kind of toy. It's definitely blocks. <laughs> Another one that my kids really like and is kind of obvious in the creative um, type is art supplies. So there's certain art supplies that they can get into without even asking me permission. Does not include paint. They got to ask permission <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Amen, sister. I know, but like stamps or stickers or um, paper dolls, there's just different um, other art supplies, tape, uh, scissors, construction paper, glue, any of that they can have anytime they want. And, um, so they, they just get those free range and they have ideas and they do, you know, whatever with that. Another thing that we have heavily featured in that curriculum for the younger kids that I was talking about is Play-Doh and sensory boxes. So we have ideas for a different Play-Doh every week and a different sensory box every week as, it, as you go through the alphabet with that curriculum. And um, again, I don't let my kids just have these. These are kind of like the blocks where they don't just get these whenever they want, but I'll set them out at certain times, a couple days a week. So they're like, oh, Play-Doh, yay. And it's never like, oh, Play-Doh again. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, we try to balance the toy and then the frequency of which they get the toy. And that allows us to keep a much lower volume of toys in our house. And they still get to be creative because they're excited to see that toy again. Okay, that block rotation is brilliant and I am totally copying that. I love it. We have some similar things that we um, allow out for the little ones specifically during school time so that they can be entertained yeah more often than not the big ones are like i want to do that i'm like no yeah. get back to your math <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but um i love the road different rotation for per week that's brilliant so brilliant you know um, i have a bench in my homeschool room that the kids sit on and um that's where i keep the blocks that they 
that they're not getting that week and they, they don't even know it's down in there because they're oh, sitting on it. Smart. And yeah, so then out of sight, out of mind. It's not like, yeah. oh, mom, we see our Legos up yes. there. Can we please have them? That's really smart. And just put the one that you are regularly playing with in view or in a cabinet yep. they can reach. Yeah. yeah. Smart. So our favorite creative type toys are similar. We like just plain blocks too. I was looking at a couple of really fun ones on Amazon that have um, like some pictures of towns, you know, like little little stores and those sorts of things. But my mom has a great set of just really plain wooden blocks that have been around since the uh, early 90s, maybe late 80s in her house. And actually um, some kids and grandkids over the years have drawn on them, like written <laughs> store or, uh, you know, fire truck for this one block and now it's a fire truck, you know, it's kind of fun. Um, but just those plain ones, uh, lend themselves to an unlimited amount of creativity. Um, magnet blocks. We really, really enjoy. Those would be a great, uh, rotation one as well. We love regular beads. My kids will just sit and string beads on twine for bracelets and necklaces all day long. Perler beads we enjoy as well, although that requires a little bit of uh, supervision. Um, and then a lot of the learning games that we use, like the math manipulatives and those like pattern cards and the blocks that go with them, um, are technically for quote unquote school, but we will use them, um, to keep the little ones busy or just for fun because they're fun and hopefully they're learning something at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) And then I was going to say same as you with the art supplies, construction paper, paint, tape, et cetera. Although our scissors are not a free-for-all anymore. I have a four-year-old who's real naughty with the scissors. So those are on lockdown, but everything else they could have, I'm like, you're going to have to learn to just score that paper and tear it because (laughs) I can't trust her with the scissors. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. That reminds me of when you were on Project Run and Play in your little, well, it would have been the next one up. She was the four-year-old with the scissors. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. All right. Moving on. destroyed the best project oh anyway Uh, (laughs) all right now we're going to talk about imaginative play so um this is like dolls and stuffed animals my kids have plenty more than they need of those and um my 13 year daughter actually took some of the patterns from our project run and play shop and she sewed them up for one of these collections that we were doing and she sewed up the cutest stuffed animals ever. They're really sweet. And my kids each have their own, all of her younger siblings each have their own and they play with those constantly and they sleep with them. So that's very fun. Um, they have a, a little kitchen, a little toy kitchen and um, all the little groceries or whatever you can imagine that goes in them, the little food supplies and pots and dishes and all those things. And they, they spend um, lots of time playing with that. But I do have to say that's kind of another one where they don't see it all the time um, because it actually the space that's big enough for it is inside of a closet. And so sometimes, you know, we get it all cleaned up and we just shut the door because we're tired of picking them up and they don't see it. This The littlest ones kind of forget about it and they don't see it. And then it's new again to them. Um, and then I want to address you guys, you know, send me hate mail or whatever, but I'm going to talk about little boys and guns. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can go listen to our episode on raising boys and raising girls. We have episodes about those both, but um, I don't know my philosophy. I'm just going to say it straight out and you can go ahead and hate on me later in email or whatever. But my philosophy is um, that we teach our boys the basic safety rules about guns, and then we let them have play guns. So they know the rules that, you know, you don't point at people, you don't shoot people, you know, blah, 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 and all that. But if you don't give 
little boy's toy guns, they're going to pick up a stick. Or if you take away all the sticks in the world, they're going to use their finger. Little boys love guns. (laughs) And there's something in the protective um, psyche of a boy that they just like guns and they like using guns. And um, I I just don't take that away from them. Um, I just prefer to teach them the gun safety rules and then let them go at it. It's something in their imagination that needs fed. And so we just let them do that. You know, my, my two-year-old recently started shooting people with his fingers and I was just kind of contemplating because he doesn't have any, um, brothers that are young enough to see pretend gunplay. And so I'm like, where did he even pick it up? I don't know if it's just, it's in there. I mean, obviously he picked it up from somewhere, but I just thought that was so curious that he hadn't seen really any of it at my house and he started shooting people and then he would, he'd go, tew, tew, die, die. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so it starts. <laughs> I had one of my boys who would say, you know, use their finger and point at it. You say, hands up, and you put your hands up, and that's when he would shoot. Like, no, <laughs> no you're not supposed to shoot if somebody puts their hands up. <laughs> uh, great, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. So for uh, for us, the imaginative play is really so, so, so fun. Um, and this is also creativity, but it's just all kind of coming out of their minds, right? So we, we have a lot of cars at our house, just plain old cars where they can drive up the kitchen table and around the other side. And my little two-year-old loves those, loves his cars. Dolls, uh, just basic dolls of all kinds. We love costumes and dress-ups. Also play kitchen and accessories. Like you mentioned, that's one of my favorite things because I loved playing with the kitchen as a kid. Uh, We love our our cash register and fake money. Although I'll be honest, my kids have lost the money. We've bought it probably three different times. So now they make their own money, which is totally fine too. They cut it out of paper and they make little coins. It's cute. Um, little plastic animals are a lot of fun or stuffed animals, etc. And this, this type of play really lends itself to so much more than meets the eye. You can look at this plain little car and think, oh, my kid might like this. But if you give them the space to be creative with it, they will just go and go and go. And, and one thing I want to say right here is if you have tried to give your kid open-ended toys and they haven't played with them as much as you would have liked chances are good they're getting overstimulated somewhere else. Maybe there's too much screen time. Maybe they have too many toys that teach them how to play with them. But when those are not there, kids will be amazingly creative. So as we've gone away from those things that overstimulate my kids and it requires more out of their brains, they tend to play more with them, right? So for example, a kid's got a plain little matchbox car. Then as they develop, they learn to make homemade ramps and, and flips. And then the car becomes an ambulance and it comes to rescue the stuffed animal that's over here uh, being held at gunpoint by the bad guy. And, you know, it just expands to be this big, huge play, especially when they're doing it with their, with their um, siblings. They create these play worlds. This morning, my kids were, were working on their fort and my son wanted to show me that there was a, a key pad for them to punch in their passcode to get into the fort. And he had taped this heart-shaped bead to his chest that was also like a scanner that would let him into the keypad. I'm like, oh my gosh, kid, that's amazing. And he's like, yeah, I can either scan this or I can put in my 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 key code and then that will let me in and it will keep all the bad guys out. It was really cute. <laughs> they do pretend stores and schools. My kids love to play store in my girl's bedroom and they're selling their stuff back and forth. Um, lately, their big game has been, their big pretend game has been playing Orphanage. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my kids worked. all the time. I'm like, are you guys just like super fascinated with not having parents or what? <laughs> what's the deal? And Anyways. there's always somebody who's the mean orphanage lady. Yeah. 
they've all seen Annie. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> Miss Hannigan. So just so many creative scenarios. I love watching it unfold. Oh, I totally agree. Yes, I for- totally forgot to mention cars and those little plastic animals. I think my kids have a billion of those little plastic animals. They mm-hmm. love those too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I mentioned in one of our previous episodes too that here I am like the mom that like hoards toys for my kids. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> that I have special toys that I pull out for my kids to use like when I'm sewing and I'm working on a big project and I don't want them to um, – you know, be messing up the rest of the house or something. I have like some finger puppets that I pull out and I have a quiet book and things that I've saved that they only get if mommy's sewing. Um, so I, I don't know. I, th- I think this says something about Audrey that she doesn't let her ha- kids have all the toys all the time. Oh. <laughs> I think it's smart because then it becomes more interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another category we want to talk to you guys about is outdoor toys. Um, we have a whole episode about the importance of outdoor time. So if you've listened to that you probably know we're going to say kids don't really even need toys outside. (laughs) Uh, They just need a few things and they are busy for hours and hours outside, which means us moms get more time to work on other things. Although it's important for us to be outside too. too. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, My kids currently have, well, they have a little sandbox, but because of a project we were doing, on our little farm here, we have the most epic, enormous pile of sand and they play out there for hours and then they track half of it in the house, but we're not going to talk about that, (laughs) but they build towns. Sometimes they get water and they make sand castles and like, I don't even know what they're all doing back there, but I just know they've been in the sand because they come in and they're filthy. (laughs) In fact, they've been saying to me this little, the last couple lines of a little poem that they, <clears throat> that they memorized um, Getting Dirty by Dorothy Charles and the last stanza says how will mother wash us off? Mother only knows line us up against the house slush us with the hose <laughs> I love it. Like, that's part of the fun for them too is mom getting all worked yeah. up and sp- spraying them off with the hose outside. Time to hose us off. Yep. yep. I know. We Speaking oh. of hoses that's one of my kids favorite out outside toys just have a water fight they don't even need a sprinkler setup or anything they just start spraying and sloshing they get buckets and throw buckets of water on each other oh goodness they love bikes and rollerblades we have a hammock and they have played every game you can ever imagine in the hammock somehow it's it's their thing um they really like now this kind of goes back to what i was talking about at first where they like to they use mimicry so they really love if you get them a shovel that's your size and you're working in the garden or a rake or a hoe and you're working in the garden and they've got their own size shovel or rake or hoe and they can work right alongside of you and that is just like candy for a kid they just adore having their own size tools that they can feel just as big as mommy working right there in the garden um, speaking of rakes, my kids spend all fall, of course, we live in a state that has hardwood trees. And so there's lots of leaves that fall off the trees and they spend all fall raking leaves into piles, jumping into them. And then they've got this game they play in its leaf town. And so they make little houses and they make roads and paths through the leaves. And I don't even know what they do. They're just out there having a great time. And they come in talking about their leaf town. That's cute. <laughs> leaf town. Uh, and then in winter, um, they like to go sledding and I say sledding as if they have sleds they don't we have some metal that blew off the top of one of our 
barns and they take it and fold it into a sled shape and go down the hill all day long. <laughs> it's crazy how few toys a kid needs to be able to play all day. Totally, totally. Especially in a fun season, like with there's snow on the ground or leaves falling, right? Yeah. We don't get either of those things, sadly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a pool, so that's nice. Yes, my kids love, love, love riding toys. So we have bikes for everybody. There's always a million scooters at our house. In fact, they love to leave them right next to my door. They ride up and drop it right in front of the door and run in the house. And I'm thinking, I think I need to like paint a little like parking spots on my patio or something. So they like put the scooter in the right spot. So I'm not tripping over it all the time. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Oh my goodness. It would actually be really fun. I, yeah. So I'm going to work on something so I don't keep breaking my ankle. <laughs> rollerblades. Like you mentioned, my kids love rollerblades, skateboards. We love plasma cars. We have these two plasma cars. You know what those are? The oh kids, yeah. Um, they like put their feet up and steer and it makes them move yeah. right and left. Anyway, yeah. we've had a couple of those for probably going on 10 years and they just take a beating and keep going and they survive Arizona sun, which is something. So um, they love ropes. Ro they pull each other behind scooters and plasma cars and everything else. They they use them to climb trees. They use them for also to tie each other up. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> All kinds of fun things. Um, they love if we ever have extra plywood around or... Um, or two by fours, they will make uh, ramps. They will um, use them. The other day, they took some two by fours and nailed them into a tree so they could climb up the tree better, um, kind of makeshift playhouses and tree houses. We don't have any real tree houses at our house, but I'd like to build one. We don't have any really, really ginormous trees, but maybe one of those like supported ones so they can kind of be among, among the leaves, but not, not uh, you know, put the weight on the tree. Um, and old boxes, like I mentioned before, are great for outside. Any You can really use nature um, to spark all kinds of imaginative play as well. If you have some woods by your house or a garden or even just a green a corner of the yard that has a lot of greenery in it. Um, I used to play secret garden with my siblings all the time um, just to use nature, you know, as part of their play. Um, and then, like you mentioned, seasonal play. Pools, raking leaves and jumping in them. Water slides also for summer, um, lots of snow tools. We do go up north occasionally and we'll bring all the sleds and play in the snow like crazy for a week. So fun. Yeah, that that sounds awesome. A, a little stream running through a corner of a property is like, keeps kids busy. Yeah. It's, and, and then go listen to our episode on the importance of outdoor time and you'll just be thinking you're doing your kids a favor by letting them spend all this time outside playing. <laughs> totally, totally. Okay, one thing you guys may have noticed that we're not talking about, we haven't talked about yet, is baby toys. So, you know, the colorful, pretty little rattles and things. I don't know. Maybe it's because we have so many kids. But we do a tiny little minimum on baby toys, like almost nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, and I think this maybe has evolved over time. Um, like, okay, so the one baby toy that I will do for my babies is like a teether something that's kind of clean and theirs that they can chew on. Um, but that's about it. And one, you know, one of the reasons for this is babies just aren't interested in toys. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> they don't care. You know, a rattle, they shake it once and okay, that made a noise. And then they, you know, then they go on. Um, I did have a couple baby toys that were for the car and it was, um, you know, those, the, the little ring that has a lot of different activities on it kind of to keep them busy and stretch them out a little farther. I think, you know, I think that's a time 
the only time when my baby needs a toy is when they're restrained and they can't move and get out and do their own imaginative thing. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, we're not um, we're not talking about baby toys because we just kind of skipped that step. Yeah, totally. I I have learned to follow my baby's cues when it comes to toys. So instead of like allowing people to buy my baby a bunch of stuff or me going out and buying it, I'll just wait until it seems like she needs something. So like the last maybe six weeks ago, two months ago, my baby's just started going to town on my finger all the time was I was wanting to chew. And so I thought, okay, time for a teething ring or something. And so there's always something for her to gnaw on while she's rolling around on the floor in her car seat or something. Um, you know, and, and if it looks like she's trying to grab other kids stuff, then maybe I'll find one little thing, but yeah, they really don't need a lot, especially if they're in a busy household with lots going on. They just watch everybody and, and learn so much from that. One time when I had, I don't know, baby number seven, eight, nine, something, the midwife said, Oh, your baby is going to be so intelligent. And I said, really? Like, how do you know? And she's like, well, it has all these other faces that it has to learn and memorize and keep straight. And if you do watch a baby with um, a lot of older siblings, they do. They spend a lot of time looking at faces. And so maybe that's all the toy they need is their siblings. There's a lot to learn. Something interesting. So my two-year-old just barely started talking, really. He's... um you know, a boy. <laughs> He's got great motor skills, but just barely started talking. And uh, the other day, my 12-year-old picked him up and said, okay, who's this? Who's that? Who's this? And he named everybody in our family and pointed them out. And I just thought, oh, well, now he knows 11 names, well, including his own, 12 names. And I don't think any of, I mean, I don't think my first couple of two-year-olds could have named 10 different people. They yeah. just knew grandma and grandpa and mom and dad, you know? Yeah. So I just thought, well, we're giving them something in this chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I guess my final thoughts here on toys is um, I have just really, really come to love the way that my kids um, play with anything and everything. And yes, they do love a new toy um, and they love toys, but they're also so creative and inventive and <laughs> fun imaginations on these kids that um, they just really don't need a toy to be happy and and I think, I don't know, I hope we're doing them a favor, not by clogging up their lives with a bunch of toys, but just letting them create and discover and learn about themselves through the world they have around them. Yes. And I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but the easier it is for kids to gain access to entertainment of all types, the less likely they are to do the hard work of play, of imaginative, creative play. So if there's always a screen on, if there's always a really intensive, um, fun toy that like grabs you and sucks you in, um, they're not going to do the hard work of going outside and finding something to play because it requires a little bit more effort. And so as we've pulled those things away from my kids, I've noticed that their little brains are just sparking more and more and more. And sometimes we'll go we'll get back in the habit of, you know, watching too much TV or something. And that goes away. It's really fascinating to watch. So my kids will say, how come we can't do X, Y, Z? And I just say, because it makes your brains lazy and they don't know what I'm talking about half the time, but I see it. And so I, it's up to me to make sure that there is not too much easily accessible for them so that they go out and do their hard work of play. It's really, really essential for those little growing brains. Okay, well, that's what we've got for you guys. Uh, check out the show notes for links to all the products that we love, all the baby toys we love, and mostly just go out and let your kids be creative and free. 
Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. 